Luke 15, verse 11. And he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days uh, after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that uh, the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. You notice that hired servants there. I will arise and go to my father and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy, look at this, hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. Let me say this in passing. You, no matter who you are or what you've done, whether you're lost or backslidden, you cannot work your way back to the father. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto his father, said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field and as he came and drew nigh to the house he heard music and dancing. Neighbor, look up here. I can understand hearing music but if somebody can hear the dancing somebody's cutting a rug. Say amen right there. And they wasn't doing the boot scoop boogie neither. Say amen. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf because he hath received him safe and sound. He was angry, would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. There's a great argument going on whether this prodigal was lost or whether he was saved and backslidden. Verse 32 gives us the answer. And it was meet that was it was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead and is alive again. He was lost. And was lost and is found. He was saved and backslidden. Amen. He can be either one. Now I want you to keep your Bible open. I want you to really think about these text, this text tonight. 
You pray for us as we preach. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day, dear Lord. I thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your grace, your loving kindness, and your holiness. Lord, I thank you for what you've already done in our hearts tonight. Thank you for the songs. Thank you for the testimonies. Lord, I pray that you fill me with your spirit tonight. Help me to preach with boldness and unction and liberty tonight. I pray that you'd open our hearts to the scriptures tonight. We'd not be hearers only, but doers also. Lord, if there's anybody here lost or backslidden tonight, I pray that they get right with you tonight before it's too late. But Lord, touch us that are saved and trying to serve you and live for you. I pray, dear God, that you do a mighty work tonight in our hearts. We love you and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you. Might be seated. We've all heard uh, verses out of Luke 15, or messages out of Luke 15. We are all here on a Wednesday night and I'm taking it for granted that most folks in here have heard this text preached before. So don't, do you hear me out before you throw me out tonight? Amen. Uh, I want to say that there's a lot of characters in Luke 15. The main character that we know of most of is is the prodigal son. And uh, I guess he could be considered the theme of this story. He is the lost thing in this portion of Luke 15. But Brother Laddie, it's amazing to me that the word prodigal doesn't appear in our text. Not, neither does it appear in our Bible. Amen? But prodigal means somebody that's went all out to, to run away from what they grew up in. And Brother Jason, I noticed this, that this prodigal, he's all through this. But that's not what I preach on tonight. I noticed the father. The, the, the father is mentioned 12 times in this text isn't that amazing 12 times brother Brian and if we're going to preach on anybody other than the son most people are going to preach on the father and we've heard a lot of great messages on the father but I want to deal with somebody else tonight we've talked about the elder brother and how he's a picture of the Pharisees I've heard positive messages about the elder brother and I've heard negative messages about the elder brother and both of them were good biblical messages amen But and then we see the citizen y'all remember several years ago brother Bo Wagner came in and he preached on the citizen of the far country and he talked about how he was a type of the devil and how he'll make you all these promises but he'll never deliver on his promises. But tonight I feel like there's a character in this story or characters if you will that are often overlooked and they are in our daily life as well. I, 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 I highlighted it with my voice four verses where these characters are shown. Verse 17, verse 19, verse 22, and verse 26, we read the word servants tonight. And tonight, just for a little while, I want to preach on this thought, a servant's heart. Amen. A servant's heart. The word servants in English is, 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 we don't have a whole lot of words for that. But how many of y'all know that our New Testament was written in Greek? And I'm not a Greek scholar, but I, I saw this, Brother Brian, that, that the Lord repeats himself four times talking about servants in this text. And I thought if the Lord continues to talk about these people, we should look into them. And as I looked, I found that Jesus would have been speaking in Hebrew to this crowd. And then the writers through the inspiration of the Holy Ghost would have written it down in Greek. And we only have one word for servants in our, our, our language but they have multiple words for servants in their languages and so brother Gravely I looked it up just a quick Englishman search I, again I'm not a Greek scholar I'm not even an English scholar say amen right there uh, but I looked it up and would you believe that hired servants our verse in our verses 17 19 they're one version of hired they're one Greek word for servants and then our verse in verse 22, our service there, it's another Greek word. And then in verse 26, it's a whole other Greek word. These are three different types of servants in our story. And tonight, I'm not going to bog you down with definitions and things like that. But I do. I'm going to do something I hardly ever do. I want to give you my outline first. 
Tonight, that hired servant is going to be our wandering servant. We're going to deal with him in just a minute. Number two, the servant in verse number 22, he is going to be our willing servant. Amen. And then our last servant, verse 26, and this is really where I want to get, we're going to talk about a wooing servant. All right? So we're going to talk about will or wandering servants tonight, willing servants, and wooing servants. And as I preach this, as we un- unpack this text tonight in a way, maybe we've never really looked at it before, I want you to ask yourself, which one am I? Where do I find myself in this text? Which kind of servant am I, am I tonight? The first one we're going to look at in verse 17. And when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare and I I perish with hunger. Verse 19. And am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. The, the, the Greek word, not that this is the most important thing tonight, but the Greek word here is mystheos. And I, I'm just going to tell you that's our word for hired servants. It's used in other ways in the New Testament. But a hired servant is one that is employed for hire. He is a wage earner. And as I begin to dig into this and look, I, I found out some things about hired servants in the days of Christ. The servants didn't live at the farm. They just came on when they were needed. They, they would come on for special things. They did not live at the farm. They had no allegiance to the father or the farm. They were not signed up. They they didn't wear a banner. They didn't wave a flag uh, for the farm or the father. They were just their own entity. They just were kind of rogue if you will. And uh, they went where the money was. Amen. Uh, Brother David, they did not sink into the farm because there may be times where it was more lucrative for them to go down the road and do some work for somebody else. So they didn't want to tie their down uh, to any one farm or any one farmer. They had no authority in their life. They rambled to and fro. They could do what they were doing. They're still considered a servant. But let me tell you this, they only served when they could get money for it. Now I say this tonight, if you need a pat on the back or some money in your pocket to serve, that is no longer service. Amen. Uh, they They were not under the Father's love and watch care. They had nobody over them. They only came around when it was beneficial to them. They required money as I've already said. And let me say this. Uh, they, they, I go back to this because it's important. They never were willing to be identified with the farm or the father. Y'all know any Christians like that? I know people that uh, they only come around the farm or the father when it's beneficial to them. Uh, they only come uh, when it, uh, they can get a pat on the back or it can be a good blessing to them or when uh, their world's falling apart or somebody's dying. They want to come back to the farm. They want to come back to the father when that's the case. Oh, but when they're footloose and fancy free and they think they can get something better down the road, that's where they'll go. If they think they can get something that's better for their flesh or better for their pocket or get a better pat on the back where they can be the superstar where they can be the ones in charge they'll go down the road every time oh but you mark her down uh, they'll come back around when they need something won't they amen hey I'm telling you this wandering servant he is a picture of a Laodicean amen he is a picture of hey you even notice it wasn't the father's goodness uh, here it was the bread amen uh, that his, his hired servants had he didn't desire the father's blessing he didn't desire the father 
Father's grace. He wanted the Father's bread uh, that these hired servants had. It even gives the idea that he wanted to come back, but he didn't want to be under the authority of the Father again. He didn't want to be identified with the Father again. He, at that point in the hog pen, he had some thoughts running through his mind, but he still had a line drawn in the sand. Oh, but can I tell you, I've heard it all my life. Uh, he never, the Father stopped him before he could say the hired servant part. I don't believe that one bit. Brother Daniel, I believe the boy stopped himself because he thought he was going to have to work his way back. He thought he was going to have to earn his way back. But when he saw that father come running to him, he no longer wanted to be a hired servant. He knew he was still a son. Amen. I'm going to tell you, I don't want to be a, I don't want to be a wandering servant. Do you? I don't want to be, I want to have authority in my life. I want to have identification in my life. I want to have, I want to wave the banner of truth tonight, amen. I don't want to hide out in the world and only come around the farm or the father when I need him or I need something. No, I want to be here. I want to be planted. I want to be under the watch care and the love of the farm and the father, amen. I see the wandering servant. Now that was the pointiest point. Are y'all okay? <laughs> Amen. It gets better from here. But I guarantee you in a group of folks this big, I guarantee you we got some wandering servants in here. I grew up in Kadesh Barnea, Brother Andrew. I said it last week. I grew up on the banks of Canaan. I grew up in Laodicea. I grew up with people that I could see on the other side and I could see some people maybe pointing me that way, but I never had anybody take me by the hand and show me how to get across the river. Does that make sense? I never had anybody tell me it was better over there. I just thought that's the way some people lived and I could live how I want to. Oh, I was a wandering servant for eight years of my life. Go wandering to and fro. No authority. No affection in my life. No identification in my life. Oh, but can I say tonight, if you ever cross over you'll be runt that's how brother laddie says it amen you'll be runt amen hey you'll, you won't ever want to come back to Kadesh Barnea you won't ever want to come back to the wilderness I'm telling you there's something better than wilderness living tonight there is a spirit built life and we all can partake in amen see the wandering servant but number two I see the willing servant verse number 22 I want to show you this is different so we have the mythos there. That's the hired servant, the wage earner. Verse 22, but the father said to his servants. Now this is the one we're most common or, or, or used to in our churches. It's called doulos. How many of y'all ever heard that word? Anybody ever heard that word? Yes, some of you have. Some of you just don't want to raise your hand. I understand. Amen. But Brother David, we're, we're kind of, that's a more common usage. As a matter of fact, in the New Testament, that's the most common usage uh, for the word servant. Doulos. Now listen to this. It's uh, one who gives himself up to another's will. He's devoted to another to the disregard of one's own interest. Y'all see the difference? Let me show you the difference in the text, though. Even if we didn't know, isn't it amazing we we got an English Bible, and even if we didn't have the access to those words, if you start looking at these servants in the light I'm talking about, you'll see that they're different here. Look at verse number 22. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe. Now stop right there. Who owns the best robe at the farm? The father. Is that right? Now brother Laddie, he just looked at his servants and said, go get the very best robe on the farm. Number one, they knew which one he was talking about. They didn't have to say, now listen, which one is that? 
No, they knew which one he was talking about. Number two, they knew where it was. Number three, they didn't have to ask permission to go into where it was to get the best robe on the farm. Where would that robe have been? It would have been in the father's bedroom. You know why they didn't have to ask permission? Because this wasn't the first time they've ever been in the father's bedroom. This isn't the first time they've ever been acquainted with the father's best robe. This wasn't the first time they've ever seen it. No, these servants is a different category. They're another level. They're a little bit more intimate with the father. They've been around the father a little bit more. I say it, they're a little more trustworthy than the hired servants. Y'all with me? Amen. It doesn't stop there. Brother Kate was here. He'd say, that boy got a robe, rebox, rings, and a ribeye. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Glory. Amen. Am I tell it right? Amen. Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. Can I, can I stop right here? That boy hadn't took a bath yet. That boy's still as wicked as he's ever been. And preacher, this ain't my message tonight. I went to the dairy yesterday to get milk, and they got a full litter of piglets out there and a sow. How many of y'all know it's hot outside right now? How many of y'all know that don't smell good when you mix those two combinations together? There is no stink like hog stink. That boy still smelled like that. It hadn't worn off. And that father didn't worry about what was on that boy. He was just wanting to put the best on him. Yes. I'm about to shout, that ain't my message. Y'all quit making me preach that part. And put a ring on his hand. Now hold up now. This ring, now we we all wear rings. I got this little silicone thing on my finger because gold messes with my hand. All right, my wife makes, I still have my wedding ring in my pocket. Amen, it's in my wallet. Amen. But Brother David, in those days, they had signets on those rings. And this signet would have been like a debit card for the father. Everything that that was stamped by that signet, Brother Logan, was proof that the father purchased it and had paid for it in full. I'm about to shout. Hey, servant, I trust you so much. Why don't you go get my banking account and bring it to me? Why don't you go bring my debit card? Brother Jason, he doesn't ask for directions. He doesn't ask for the combination. No, he knows where the precious things of the family are. He knows where the precious jewels that belong to this father are. He doesn't have to ask for the key to the jewelry box. He doesn't have to ask for the combination of the safe. He doesn't have to ask for a pin number. He doesn't have to ask for an entrance code. No, he walks us right into the father's room. He gets the father's banking account and he comes marching right back out. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? I'm telling you, this was a different kind of servant. This father could trust this servant. He can trust him with the precious things of the farm. My question to us to me tonight, hey, is God trusting us with anything precious? Hey, can he entrust some things that are pure and holy and lovely uh, into our, our hands? Does he trust us with anything? You might say, preacher, God doesn't trust me with things. God doesn't allow me to do things. Hey, can I say it's not God's fault, amen. It's, his, it's our fault, amen. I want to be the kind of Christian I'm not perfect. I want I I am nothing tonight, but I want to live a life that God can trust with some great things. Amen. If you think I'm talking about the physical, you're missing the whole point. This young man walked right into the father's bedroom, into the secret place, and he got the best things because that's not the first time he'd ever handled them.
Look here. He said, and shoes on his feet. Now, Brother Daniel, they're about to go to a barn dance, for lack of a better term. Y'all pray for me. Amen. They're about to go and have a shindig. And it would have been the Jewish dance. I'm not going to do it. Amen. Brother Samuel was here. I'd make him do it. Amen. But they're about to go to a dance. Y'all think that boy had real tight shoes on? Oh, and let me say this. He says shoes. That's not an accident. Servants wore sandals. Sons wore shoes. Preacher, I don't think that he went and got these little bitty tiny shoes that would have hurt his feet. I don't think he walked in there wearing a size 15 flopping around like a clown. No, this servant knew the family so good he knew the exact size shoes that boy wore. I wonder how, how familiar you are with the farm. I wonder how familiar and close you are to the Father. I wonder if He can trust you with anything. He doesn't just trust Him with this. He trusts Him with the message in this text. Do you all know that the Old Testament condemns this boy to death? The law. I'm not talking about oral traditions. The law condemned this boy to death. Brother Avery... It was, and we, we've heard so much preaching about that they, could have, that, that they could have caught him outside of town and stoned him if the father wouldn't have got there. That's not what the law teaches. The law teaches that if the father and the mother are chasing the boy and he does not turn and he continues in rebellion, the parents, the parents have to take him outside. Am I telling right, preacher? The parents have to take him outside of town and stone him to death. That's what the law says. The law said kill him. The law said stone him. But the father said I love him. The father said I'm going to show mercy. Hey and guess what? There was something in this text that had to die. Something had to die so the boy could live. So Miss Tina in the father's grace and in the father's mercy instead of the boy dying the boy, the boy was condemned by the law. The boy had the full weight and condemnation of the law upon him. But brother David uh, something else had to, had to die. Something's got to shed blood. Something got to die and guess what it wasn't the boy hey the boy full he deserved the full condemnation of the law hey but justice answered and that calf came on the scene and instead of that boy dying that calf died and it was the servant that was in charge of that it was the servant that shed the blood it was the servant that made sure that the sacrifice was taken I'm telling you tonight uh, there was something in this text that should have died and the law condemned it but instead the calf died neighbor if that's not a picture of the gospel I don't know what is and guess what he does he puts willing servants in charge of getting the gospel out and telling the message that the son should have died but the calf died instead amen Amen. hallelujah can I show y'all a definition of the willing servant Deuteronomy 15 real quickly Real quickly, I know it's Wednesday night. I'm going to be finished here in a second. Deuteronomy 15, verse 12. I'm going to start reading. And if thy brother, an Hebrew man or a Hebrew woman, be sold unto thee and served thee six years, then in the seventh year thou shalt let him go free from thee. Watch this. <clears throat> Let's say Brother Gravely is a wealthy Hebrew, Hebrew man and I am a, a Hebrew man that has fallen on my luck and I cannot pay my bills, I cannot take care of my family and I'm about to either go and be enslaved to a stranger or I'm about to be put in the debtor's prison. 
okay? Brother Gravely, who is a Hebrew brother, is a man of means, is going to stand up and give his self to save me. He's going to step up and all the debt is mine. He's going to consume it. Amen. What does that look like? It looks like what Jesus did for us. So this Hebrew man steps up. And and, and there's a required time where I have to serve him out of indebtedness. Amen. But on the seventh year, you're supposed to let me go. And get this. And when thou sendest him out from thee, thou shalt not let him go away empty. Thou shalt furnish him liberally. The only time it's all right to be a liberal is when you're given. (laughs) Out of thy flock and out of thy floor and out of thy winepress and of that wherewith the Lord thy God hath blessed thee, thou shalt give unto him. Can I say this? Whether you go or stay, if you're the fathers, he's still going to be good to you. I think he's better when he stay at the farm and it never runs out at the farm. There's a day you can only carry so much with you when you go. I believe there's a day when the judgment hand of God comes on that one that is bought by the Father and is not willingly serving the Father. I believe that those line of blessings will run out. I believe that that time out there is only going to last so long. But Brother Danny, isn't it good to know that our Father loves us so much that if we really are His, He's going to be good to us. Whether we're going or whether we're coming it's always better staying though and I'm about to prove that to you verse number 16 and it shall be if he say unto thee I will not go away from thee (laughs) I'm about to shout because he loveth thee and thine house because he is well with thee can I tell you something about Christian liberty Christian liberty is not so we can do what we want to It's so we can do what God wants us to. It means that we should be in slavery tonight. We should be in the debtor's prison tonight. We should be in hell tonight. But God stepped forward when we were being auctioned off. He paid our whole debt. And there has to come a time in our lives where we're not serving Him begrudgingly. We're serving Him because we realize how much He loves us. And it's well with Him. And He loves us. And yeah, I might get something going. Oh, but I'd rather stay and be His. Not because I have to, but because I get to. Then thou shalt take in all. Remember that, that wandering servant, brother lad, he doesn't want to be identified with the farm of the father. Then thou shalt take in all and thrust it through his ear under the door. This is the only time it's okay for a boy to get his ear pierced in the Bible. And he shall be thy servant. What's those next two words? Forever. This servant comes to a point in his life, he realizes I'd be better off here with the farm and the father than I ever would anywhere else. And he goes and puts his ear to the door and puts that all, that father drives that all through him. The next day, he's maybe say, let's say he went to the town the day before. You couldn't really tell much. He, he's just another servant of the farm, just another servant of the father. But that next day, all them old men down at the biscuit place in town, whittling and chewing tobacco, somebody say amen out there, They need to get right with God. Say amen. Probably some ladies out there dipping too. It's not Murray County, is it? (laughs) And they see the same boy coming down the road. Now the day before, did he love the father? Yeah. The day before, did the father love him? 
The day before, was he already serving the Father? But this day it's different. Because it wasn't just what's going on in his heart. Because the world can't see what's going on in our heart. But on that day, Miss Tina, he comes to town and there's an outward, identif outward identifying marker that he belonged to the Father. And he belonged to the farm. And there was no question. When, those, when that boy walked down the street the next day, those men sitting there, their eyes opened up and say, he must really have a good farm. He must really have a good farmer. Hey, they must, that father must really like him. And he must really like that father because not, he can't go anywhere now. He's always going to be identified with them. He's always going to be aligned. He's always going to be under that authority. Oh, can I tell you, God does look on the heart. He knows the intents of our heart. He knows we love Him. He knows we care for Him. He knows we want to be under His authority. But the world can't see our heart. Preacher can't see our heart. Oh, but there should be an outward identifying markers in our life that say He belongs to the farm. He belongs to the Father. He's set, he's set up. He's grounded. And He's not going anywhere. It shall not seem hard unto thee. Listen to this. You can't make this up. It shall not seem hard unto thee when thou sendest him away from thee, for he hath been worth a double hired servant to thee. Did y'all get that? Brother Danny, do you remember in Luke 15, we said that hired servant's just a wanderer. He's not identified. He's not locked down. But now the Bible's telling us that the one, the willing servant, that doulos, the one that's willing to be identified, the one that the Father can trust, he's worth two hired servants. Amen. Can I give you one more thing here? Philippians 2. That was the, de that was the, that was the definition of a hired servant, or of, excuse me, of a willing servant. This is the example of a willing servant. Philippians 2, 5, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, but took upon him the form of a Servant. Brother Laddie, it's the same word as our word in verse 22, duos. Jesus Christ is the greatest example of one that's outwardly and inwardly marked, that's outwardly and inwardly devoted to the farm and to the Father. You say, what, preacher, what should I do? Give yourself for it. Give yourself to it. Give yourself to Him completely. Last thing, verse 26. I'm going to back up verse 25. Now His elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. Now, <clears throat> they're, in the, they're in the house. I can honestly, this is the wooing servant, Brother Jonathan. I can honestly say I don't think they've been having many parties since the prodigal's been gone. I don't think they've been having many barbecues. But Brother Laddie, now he's here. We're going to break out the band. We're going to have us a shindig. And they're in their party and they're in there. They got, they're, they're dancing. They're singing. They're rejoicing. They're having them a good time. But Brother Danny, there's a servant, at least one servant here. That maybe we shouldn't even call this the servant's heart, but the father's heart. He looks around the party. Can you imagine he's sitting there, his friends are dancing, they're having a good time, the son's come home, they're excited, he's got a medium rare ribeye, say amen right there, right in front of him. Amen. 
You don't need steak sauce if it's cooked right. Say amen right there. And he's sitting there and he looks and he pushes his plate away. And they've been waiting for this party for a long time and he's having a good time. But Brother Jason, all of a sudden he realizes there's an empty chair at the table. And he knows the Father's heart that this party wasn't just for some, it was for all. And he knows the Father's heart that there's some outside the house, some outside the party that aren't getting in on it. So that, that servant pushes away his plate, kicks off his dancing shoes, and goes out on the front porch and starts looking for those that aren't in the party. Brother Dave, he goes out on the porch and it's amazing. You start looking for divine appointments, you'll find them. He goes out on the porch and here's the other brother. And he said, what's going on in the house? He said, didn't you hear? Your brother should have died, but the calf died instead. You said, what did he tell the brother? The gospel. He died so your brother didn't have to. And he got mad about it. He got angry about it. He wanted the brother to die. He wanted it all for himself. But Brother Laddie, what he didn't realize is he could have got in on the same grace and could have got in on the same mercy that the brother got in on. I'm telling you tonight, hey, we, some of us are going to have to push away from the plate. Some of us are going to have to push away from the party and go out on the front porch and tell the world, hey, that I should have died, but Jesus died in Stand. Hey, I should have died. Uh, but give somebody a $20 bill. Uh, tell somebody that's picking you up. And hey, Jesus wants to save them. We got to get out on the porch. Hey, tonight there's almost 8 billion people in our world. 48% have, not, have never heard the gospel. 52% do not have a single piece of scripture in their language. And we sit at ease in Zion a lot of times. And I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful for the witnessing on Saturdays. I'm thankful for the lifestyle that most of you live and you're witnessing and telling others about Jesus. Oh, but I tell you tonight, I'm talking about maybe somebody needs to push away from the party and go across the seas, go across the streets, go across the states and say, Lord, here am I. Send me. I want to be the wooing servant. I want to go tell them that I should have died. But, but hey, but Jesus died instead. Go tell a world that it's never heard. This boy had never heard. He, didn't, he was so blinded by bitterness, he didn't realize he had it all along. Amen. I wonder who you've told today. I wonder who I've told today. We get so busy. I get so, I said, we, not she. We get so busy and we get going so much. But there's people out on the porch that have never heard. I wonder who's going to go and tell them tonight. I don't believe you can be a wooing servant until you get past being a wandering servant. I believe you can be that wooing servant that is at the Father's house and is growing and is being nurtured, and then you can go into that wooing servant stage and that wooing servant. I believe they can go, you can go, you can be both at the same time. Somebody say amen. But you'll never be in either one of the last two until you get past being the, the first one. So tonight, I wonder. Which one are you? Are you the wandering servant tonight? No authority? Some of you young people are finally making some money, getting a taste of freedom, and at the same time, you're selling the farm. You're selling out on the farm. Your, your, your heart, your eyes are already gone. I can see it in some of you. Some of you parents, 
Your kids have not taken that next step because you've not taken that next step. I wonder tonight, are you tired of being that wandering servant? I wonder if you long tonight to be a willing servant. I wonder tonight if you long to be that wooing servant that goes out on the porch.